Ready to elevate your STEM class with a Stage 3 STEM project? Here's the part two we promised back in episode 75. We talk about ideas for a long-term research-based STEM project for elementary and middle school. Claire and I talk about animal habitats, a project for a custom-fit aquatic wheelchair, and tackling a local city challenge. We also share how any Stage 2 engineering design challenge can be translated into a more in-depth Stage 3 STEM project. Enjoy! Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. All right, Claire, we promised stage three STEM. Yes, yes, I'm really in desperate need of more stage three STEM. (laughs) Okay, so last time we talked about stage three STEM, it was about the Mars, Moon, Colony Habitat project, right? Yes. Students are designing this habitat, but we need some ideas. You can't do this from kindergarten all the way through eighth grade. Yes. I mean, you could, (laughs) No. but let's have some other ideas, so... Another project I've done is the Eco House, which is similar, mm. but it's a Earth-based habitat, if you will, um, where they have to come up with a sustainable house. Um, but we have a whole podcast on that. So I'm curious to know what else you are doing or planning to do this year in your K through 8 classrooms. Yes. So normally I don't do stage through STEM on kindergarten or first grade. They're not quite ready. And you've convinced me that I will stick with middle school for my Mars and Moon competition, the colony competition, because I need to diversify. And I want these kids to not be like, oh, we're doing this again when they see me (laughs) again, like when I rotate, you know, got to change it up every year. So for second grade, my favorite thing to do is our habitat, our animal habitat. And this one's a really fun one. I've talked about it before on the podcast. It's where we talk about the different biomes and then the students get to choose an animal and then they figure out what kind of habitat and what biome do these animals live in. And then they make a little diorama that shows all the different things. They have to show what the water source, the food source, what the space looks like. And then they record a video with a green screen where it looks like they are inside their diorama. And it's so cute because there'll be like a lion and they're like, oh no, the lion spotted me. I need to run or he's going to eat me along with the other things that he eats like antelope and zebras. (laughs) So So they have to talk about all the different things they've learned while they're inside their own project. Super fun because I do a little QR code and have it on their diorama and have it for display for parents to come and check it out and they can watch the video. What grade was this? Second grade. Oh, wow. Yes. So that's kind of a little taste of Mm -hmm. a stage three. It's not too in-depth. We usually just check out a bunch of animal books from the library. Um, I'm going to ask you, what does the research piece look like? Yes. So they look through books. The librarian helps them. It's a great way for them to get to know their library and how that works too. And so they get to learn a little bit about animals, which they, a lot of them watch Wildcrats, so they know (laughs) a lot about it anyway. (laughs) So that one's fantastic. Now, fourth grade this year, I'm excited about this project. And this is not a product that we have yet. 
but it is something that I want to turn into a product after I figure it out. So that's how we like to do it. Yes. So in the past and in our early podcast episode, I talked about what I did two years ago where my fourth grade students built a motorized wheelchair for a girl. And that was an incredible project. Now I wanted to replicate that in some way, but I also wanted to make it more tied to our own community. So here's what I'm going to do is our students are going to create a video about how they want to help a child and how they have had so much fun this summer playing at the city pool and in our splash pad, but they want kids who are unable to experience that to be able to, and they want to help with that. So I'm going to have them create a video and I'm going to have an application process where kids in our community that are wheelchair bound would be able to get our kids to make them an aquatic wheelchair so that they can go around the splash pad and get wet. Because normal wheelchairs, you can't take it in the water. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But there's aquatic wheelchairs, and a lot of them, our pool, unfortunately, doesn't have the ramp that you would needed to use an aquatic wheelchair, but a lot of them do. So hopefully, once I turn this into a product where kids can see how to do this, that maybe if your pool has this capability or even the the beach entry pools, mm-hmm. you can yeah. do that and have a wheelchair that can go into the water. And that, so it's made mostly of PVC, has special wheels that you can order. So our kids are going to be making this. It has a sewing component because they make this like mesh seat and back that goes on it that's waterproof and everything. And the kids will have to do a lot of math, figuring out the dimensions. It's going to be custom fit to a child in our city that we would be able to show this wheelchair so that they can have fun. This is going to be in the spring semester. So by the end of school, they would have this wheelchair for this kid to be able to enjoy the pool this summer. So super excited about that project. Yeah, because we've gotten so many great feedback from that first time you did this project, Mm -hmm. especially in how it builds empathy and doing a project that's meaningful and not so abstract, but directly helping somebody else. And so this Mm -hmm. is a very unique twist to that. I had never considered the idea of an aquatic wheelchair, so like a waterproof wheelchair. Yes. And this, I started thinking about it with our prosthetic limb project that we have, our product, and how you can tailor different prosthetics to fit whatever the hobbies are of kids. So my sister's actually makes prosthetic limbs and uh, like back braces for scoliosis and things like that. So she would always tell me, oh, I had somebody come in who's really into, you know, shooting bows and arrows. And so we made this prosthetic arm that had a hook that could do this, Mm -hmm. which is so amazing that we can do that. So why not have our kids be able to experience some of that and talk about that career where they could continue doing things like this to help people. And that was going to be my pitch to you was a similar project. So we were kind of thinking in the same way. I went to a training for Makey Makey. Have you ever used yes. Makey Makey? Oh, yeah. Okay. And so in this training, they one of the examples they gave, they had a class of students that went and visited the special ed class. And they just interacted with the students and saw some of the challenges that they were facing. And Mm. their task was to come up with toys that were something that a toy that those kids who had different needs could interact with. Wow. 
in using a makey makey. So I was thinking like a twist on that. If there's a problem you can solve for like a specific person, that's why I really like your idea. Mm -hmm. This aquatic wheelchair is they, it's not just like, who am I designing it for? Like I know the child, right? I know the person that is going to be this problem that I'm solving for them, not for me, but for somebody else. Yes. So a technology aspect of that, if teachers have access to makey makeys, is doing this type of projects, like an empathy-based project Mm -hmm. where you can design some interactive... So, for example, a keyboard, right? Something that you can use your hands and, like, press different colors and it makes different sounds. Or Mm -hmm. having, like, a ball that, like, rotates a certain way and this is all, like, circuits, right, with this makey-makey. As long as you're using different conductive materials, you can interact with it in different ways. A different version of that, which I've done with my students is the video game controller. Oh, yeah. And so you could have so much fun designing your own video game. This is adding in coding. So the kids would use Scratch or Scratch Junior to code their own game. So they've done, like, with birds, you know, like Flappy Birds game or whatever, um, different types of games that they code first. And then they need to do a video game that's themed to their, like, coded game. That is really cool. So, yeah. Oh, that's a great idea because we, I'm not sure how long it will take to build this wheelchair. So I was trying to think, well, if we have more time, how can we continue that lesson? So that would be a great idea. And I really want to do more of these kind of projects because so much of school is about yourself. Like you make the good grades Mm -hmm. just for yourself. It's all about you. And I really want to make sure that drive home the kids to the kids. It's not about you. Right. All these skills we're helping you so that you can help others. Yeah. So, and the other idea I had was this competition I run in San Antonio, which is the mayor's challenge, right? So it's mm. called the SA Smart Mayor's Challenge. And so the idea is that the students are solving real problems. So every year from the mayor's office, they say, we have this big issue in transportation. We don't have enough ways for people to get around our city. And so students take this really kind of broad problem and then they dig into it and think of in my town, like in my specific part of San Antonio, what is the issue of transportation? Maybe the school line is way too long. I had a parent tell me they were in the school like line to pick up their kids for like an hour. Oh my goodness. That, how can we make that more efficient? Is there a way maybe we can change the way the lanes are run, some technology we can add to So thinking of problems like that, where in our own neighborhood, what's a problem and how do we tackle it? And it can be a little overwhelming because it's like so Mm open-ended. But if you can give kids a theme that they can like grab onto, that makes it a lot better. And the other piece they have with this challenge are mentors. And so within transportation, we bring in like different mentors. So in your classroom, you could interview like a local city official who does like city planning Hmm. and what are some challenges they face even like on a zoom call with them and the kids could take notes and say oh I heard them say this I wonder if that's something we could come up with like a creative idea that's really neat what age students participate in this this is uh 7th through 12th so we have a middle school and high school division wow Yeah, that's incredible. And definitely being able to make it relatable to their community is a big deal Mm because then they have some sort of experience with whatever's going on because it's in their own town. So yeah, yeah, that's a great idea to be able to look for problems. But where do you start? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, there's a couple different websites. And the first one I'm thinking are the engineering grand challenges. 
Oh, yes. So there's like clean energy, mm-hmm. clean water, transportation. Then there's like one on medical devices. So there's one place to start. Those are global problems. Mm-hmm. And then if you go to the city level, so in San Antonio, there's going to be some kind of city plan. So SA 2020 is the plan that we have in our city that we have this like plan that we want in the next 10 years, these things to happen because these are the challenges we have in our city. So going to your city officials, the mm. mayor of your town and asking him or her what, what challenges, yeah, what are the problems? And that's how we kick off the competition is we actually bring the mayor on camera and we're like, tell us a problem related to this that the kids can tackle. And it's so cool because they're tackling a real problem, right? Yes. Something that's like, my city, mm-hmm. this is the problem we have. How do we fix it? And that's something that my fourth graders, after they built that wheelchair, they they said, they said, we didn't think that kids can actually do something. Because so much of what we do in STEM is, oh, you're going to build a catapult, but they're not actually building a real catapult that actually is needed for something, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just teaching them the science concepts, which is great. But then actually being able to make a real thing that really helps somebody and really makes a difference as kids, that just, that's really impactful. And I, it doesn't have to be a thing in these stage two and three challenges where you're building a wheelchair, right? Or like this video game controller. It could be a system. It could be like a bigger idea. Mm. So like with this mayor's challenge, so we had one year with sustainability how can we make our city greener? And so one of the teams came up with this app that was a gamification of doing good. So every time you recycle, you can take a picture of it and you get a point or whatever you can think of, right? So if they had proof and then they, their idea was there could be incentives for that. So like restaurants or other like movie theaters would give you coupons for getting, you know, hundred points. That's a great idea. And so that's not a thing, a physical thing you right. actually had. They didn't have a mock-up of their app, but it was just like the idea. Yeah, the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think that's a big blocker a lot of times for kids is they're like, I can't right. do this. It's like, well, just what is your idea? And, and also for teachers who don't want to like build yeah. stuff every single day, like yes. design an app, right? It doesn't, it could just be on a piece of paper. That's um, right. It doesn't have to be like a physical prototype every time you do a STEM project. Mm-hmm. And we have the the creativity tools that would be a great start if you want your kids to start thinking in this kind of direction that helps them really expand their mind instead of one of the biggest things that my kids try to do is they'll think of something really big, like, okay, solve this problem. They, they like can't because they're trying to think of something too big. It's like Mm. just small stuff, just write down the little ideas. Cause it's usually like we've talked about before, the simple ideas that are the best. Yeah. So I always say, you go for quantity that leads to quality. So mm-hmm. the quantity of quantity of ideas that you have. So just lots of ideas will eventually lead to a really good one. Don't try to shoot for a really good idea. The first thing you're just going to get stuck. So um, like that. check out that creativity tools to get your kids thinking before even you start tackling these big stage three mm-hmm. ideas. Question on building up to stage three. Mm-hmm. My experience in running Space Club is that uh, my year is a theme. Mm-hmm. So I do Mars, and then I do Moon, and then I do Orbital. And everything I'm doing is somehow connected to that. Do you think that's required? Okay, so we have the animal habitat. Is that mm-hmm. entire year around animals? 
That's a great question. And I've done two different ways. Okay. And I think it's more beneficial if there are things that are related. So for example, doing the wheelchair, I talked about simple machines first. So, you know, you're talking about wheels and axles and, and the physics behind all of that. That, that. that ends up building into the wheelchair. For doing this aquatic wheelchair, we're going to talk about the prosthetic limbs. We're going to talk about yeah. uh, medical things. So I think being able to tie it in helps them be able to make more connections and is more impactful that way. But it doesn't have to be. So um, even sometimes I've done the like the habitat. We don't talk about animals all year. I don't know if right. we could. I mean, maybe you could. I don't know. <laughs> but I think they would get well, bored of it eventually. And you could do like a life science or science So that's, theme that's really what we did. You yeah. know, we, we talked about plants first and we talked about like bees and things like that. Right. And then eventually get there. So I think we've talked about this before. Stories mm-hmm. are what works really well, which is why we have like the mission to the moon and mission to Mars because your kids are become astronauts. And or like STEM explorers, mm-hmm. right? That's all around a story. You're traveling the world. Yes. So I think that's more fun and the kids, it gives them more of a buy-in because they're part of this story and they remember it more, but I don't think it has to be that way. Right. You could really take a lot of the stage two challenges, something like STEM explorers. You could probably take one of those units, mm-hmm. say like China. Uh, I think that's the printer. Yes. Right. And you could get really deep into that project. Oh yeah. Where you're doing some research on different different printing presses and learning about China. And that research aspect is really what starts shifting you to that stage three. And then it could become a showcase of what they're learning and maybe they have some great addition to that initial stage two printer challenge. I did that with the catapults, which is always been a stage two challenge. You know, you Mm -hmm. spend like an hour and you build a catapult and you knock over some stuff and maybe you improve the accuracy and there's like math you can do to it. But I was challenged by a principal actually. And she was like, I want a whole competition around catapults. And I was like, okay. And she's like, not only that, but I want you to partner the science teachers with the history teachers. So they're also learning the history of catapults. So her vision was that the day of this catapult showcase, the kids would dress up as like kings and I don't know what from the time period. I'm thinking of like medieval times. Yes. Dinner and tournament. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure she was going to be one of the royalty. It was like a whole Wait, she just wanted to dress up. Yeah. But that went from like a simple one hour project to Mm. she wanted this to be like a month long buildup. Were in their classes, she had this block where it was like the study hour. She was like, they just come in and take a nap. Like there's nothing happening in this hour. Mm. How can we make it productive? And so we built out this curriculum around a catapult challenge that in the end, there was a king and a joker and a medieval party and they had to dress up and they had to present the historical side. And then they had the physics side of designing these catapults. And Oh, that's really cool. Right? It's pretty cool. And that's something that I love about STEM is that it is kind of by definition interdisciplinary, but if you can bring other teachers into this and bring 
that's what we're doing with the weather balloon project this year. Because we're doing that again, another stage three. Good luck. Is we're bringing the whole school in Ooh. on figuring out the science experiments. My first graders are going to be making little booklets about weather and what they've learned and sending that up with the weather balloon, Aww. which is pretty cute. Is. Yeah, so there's so much you can do if you just talk to other teachers because they're going to have other perspectives too. So just if you can't figure out a stage three STEM, just pick a stage two and go deeper. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's my advice. I think that's where you start because it can get really overwhelming. Yeah. Just say, okay, what's the big thing I'm going to end my year on Mm -hmm. and having a theme. And sometimes teachers want to think like that, like a theme, but others maybe want to hit a lot of different standards And so it's a cycle. Like you could start a new stage one, two, and three unit, you know, every six to 12 weeks if you Mm -hmm. wanted to. It just depends on how you want to format your classroom. What are the standards you want to hit? Are you really focused on the skills of building Mm -hmm. on engineering design? Are you trying to hit some science content? Are you trying to bring in the research and these like bigger open-ended projects? So I don't know if that helps, (laughs) but it's kind of like back to the teacher on like, what do you want to accomplish in your classroom? And we are trying to help with our scope and sequence, right? Which Mm -hmm. we've gotten many requests for, for a year long curriculum map. What do I teach every single week for my first graders, my second graders, my third graders? So we did what we would do for K through eighth grade. K through eighth. <laughs> Using all Vilify products. So it's everything is ready for you to use and do in your classroom. And this is our version, right? We have, um, there's so many different ways you can use the lessons that we have, but this is what's worked well for us. Yeah. So I hope you find that helpful. And as we continue to do more this, I'm excited now because I'm going to go through our stage two STEM. I like these. It's it's like a stage three STEM project for the teacher too, because it's like open-ended and there's, (laughs) so so I'm going to dive into some of these. So stay tuned because that scope and sequence is going to change because I'm going to keep adding things. And (laughs) I am working, I had an email asking for standards to Mm. be added. I am working on it. And so if there's ever requests like that, I need help with the standards or I, you know, my principals asked me this, we'd love to hear from you guys and what else we can do to support you in your classroom. So I hope this discussion on stage three was helpful, but for now, STEM space out.